This is NAGP Resurrection, the, the show where we talk about gaming news for the week, and then we discuss a topic. Tonight, we're going to be talking all about gaming magazines and games journalism, how it was back in the day, and how it is now. Then... Nota bene. That's not another gaming podcast, Resurrection. What? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All Just because right. I feel like... I. I I don't know. What, what <laughs> I know you... I came up with the name, and it says it on the logo. Yes. But I feel like people people scrolling down are probably like, "What the fuck is this?" So what do you want to? <laughs> so what did you want to say it was again? Oh no, I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Just keep going. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> we may, may want to do that. We may want to do that uh, intro over because while you two were talking just now, I ripped one. <laughs> I think it may have made it into the recording. No, I didn't. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, we're, let's it's, just keep going. No, we're, the topic? Gonna keep going. All right, the topic. Uh, well, I already said the topic. It was on just uh, game. Uh, okay. Anyway, then we're just. Who gonna, are we? What, Hang on, just last part. Then we just talk about some game recommendations, and then just some um, some final thoughts. Uh, who are we? I'm your host Joseph Burchett, and I have with me I have Lionel. It smells bad, but I think my stomach has stopped hurting. <laughs> and then we have a mic. That's good, Joseph Burchett. Mm. Or and jumper cables. It smells really bad. Oh god! Yeah. Just what's the first story, Joe? Oh, the first story, Mike, is a story reported by Polygon. BitTrip developer Choice Provisions shuts down San Francisco branch. Damn, that's very sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why they shut it down, which is not surprising at this point, which is it's also very sad, is the comment they said was, uh, over the past few years, the game industry has changed so dramatically that mid-sized studios operating uh, as we as we have for the past several years just can't simply continue in the way in the same way. So, I mean, there's been so many changes in the past few years in the game, like a lot. So, and we've seen lots and lots of companies shutting down. I mean, a lo- uh, I think a few episodes back, we were talking about shoot what was the oh man i'm scribble knots scribble knots they didn't shut down but they did like huge layoffs and everything yeah. so it's yeah see like I was, I was really surprised to see this because last time i really paid attention to these guys was uh was when they were first starting to kick out the bit trip games and they were literally like three people yeah <laughs> yeah. in like a, a somebody's house or something so i didn't even know that they they grew to have two studios yeah or that they had enough people to actually do layoffs uh <laughs> so i i and they the article was like an undisclosed amount of layoffs mm-hmm. so i and i still feel like they can't be that big even though they had two studios which is weird mm-hmm. uh yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that they had uh, expanded all, which is good for them. But uh, and I, I checked their Twitter feed; they didn't seem to. Uh, they were. They weren't like this is a dark day and we apologize or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like it was probably they probably had to like cut two or three like interns or some shit. Mm. And like I like I don't know, but. Uh, 
And it rents high in San Francisco. It's very high. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially for smaller companies like them. I mean, I, I, I remember playing the BitTrip games, and I remember for like a small period of time, they were just incredibly popular. Like, they were being talked about a, a, a ton, but then they just kind of fell off the radar, and it's just, you know, I knew it was a small team, but maybe it was three guys in Santa Cruz and two interns in San Francisco. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I thought that, yeah, I didn't, in Santa Cruz, that's not very far. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like just, like, I really, I, I don't know how many people were employed there, but when I read this, I was just like, this doesn't seem like a very big deal. Like, it seems like, why would they even announce this? Attention? Maybe attention. Or, I, I don't know. Did they, was this an announcement or did somebody, like, report, who reported on this? Uh, it was, I mean, they were talking directly to the founders. So yeah. it was in their, okay, so it was a blog post that they, that they made. So basically people at Poly, uh, yeah, it's just, they were just pulling it from their blog. What did it say on the blog? Uh, them going on about how the company's evolving and they to kind of change things to mm-hmm. work with the new landscape of the game. You know, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah, much. I feel like this isn't, it's, this certainly isn't Scribblenauts and it's certainly not big studio layoffs. I feel like this is them actually just growing uh, and kind of, you know, figuring out, wh- wh- figuring out where they're going to actually stand. Yeah, you know? I I certainly uh, hope that's the reason. <laughs> it's like okay, like we can't be this big. Let's scale it back. We can operate at this level. What other games do they have? So they have Bit Trip, and they have Runner Two, which I had not heard of. Space Dave, mm-hmm. I had not I have not heard of that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really heard of any uh, games. They, yeah, that's. I was mm. thinking about it too because they used to be called Gaijin Games. Hmm. I, okay. I don't know about that name change. What so, are they called again now? They're called Choice Provisions. That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a really generic name. Yeah. Dyson Games was a good name. I feel like they might have changed it to try and branch into Japan or something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Or like, because it, it, it is like a negative thing over there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, yeah you were, uh, you're definitely right, Mike. Their team is not choice, huge. Choice. They're, I'm looking at the, the page, their team page on their website, and there's only four people. That's it. So yeah. it was definitely a small team. Hmm. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> this like, I, yeah. how is this news? <laughs> or, well, it, it, is, it, it is news, but it's... Yeah, it's not huge news. I just think it's kind of weird that they had two offices and it's, they only had four people. Anyway, that's... the offices were probably like one guy's apartment and another guy's apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right. weird that they said unspecified layoffs, though. Mm. Goodbye, Timmy the intern. Anyway, that yeah. happened. Carl and... the janitor. Right, right. And hopefully uh, things will are not too bad. Bob, the guy who uh, orders food for us from Eat24. Mm. Yeah. Steve that's... the fluffer. Uh, you were a luxury we couldn't afford. Nope. <laughs> but that's a must for every small indie studio. All right. Uh, next article here by VentureBeat. Stardew Valley is one of the best-selling PC games of the year. It has surpassed 1 million copies sold. Why this is so... Why mm-hmm. I even put this in here is that this was made by one guy, I believe, 
And yep. it's yep. Uh, and I just I think it was funny uh, that he in the article it's saying that he basically just made he was trying to just make a clone of one of his favorite games, basically Harvest Moon, just to kind of get practice learning how to use C sharp. And he never thought it would amount to this sort of thing. And it's so hard for just like an indie game to even get to a million a million at all. So it's well, it's pretty amazing. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. One, there was a built-in fan base, whether he knew it or not, and I'm mm. pretty sure he knew it. Just people who loved harvest moon and now here's a way you can play it on steam but the other thing maybe i'm not sure how much he anticipated this was that he's introducing a tried and tested and you know beloved game to a new crop of fans like there's a lot of people who because i want to say harvest moon's kind of fallen off it has like like was it ever super huge in the states joe it uh, it had like a huge huge had a cult, cult following, following. Like, yeah, but yeah. it was never like it had like that really small but immensely hardcore cult following. Yeah, but like it never really like set the world on fire. It was known like the amount of renown it had with gamers, I guess, kind of shrunk as you know people who could be classified as gamers grew. Right, and the thing you know. the thing that's great about this too is that the the game there's already tons of mods that people are making for this game i thought that i mean that's and it's considering and, that it hasn't been out that long and considering like how much is in there like if you play everything before you get to the mods you know it's going to be a while but like it's uh, it's it's just really good it's it's basically like harvest moon with some like minor annoyances taken care of and interesting elements added yeah, like I, go ahead. I think i was uh looking at something uh that was talking about a mod that made the uh, town more ethno diverse <laughs> well how did they do did they did see how they did that or uh they just like make some of the like nebulously white people different races <laughs> <laughs> that's always good uh but like, i haven't sadly i haven't got a chance to play it yet but what things in there that are different from the normal Harvest Moon games that you um, think are making it well, so like, appealing. Well, one minor thing I was like immensely happy to see that I remember wasn't in Mineral Town, and I don't know how many other games it wasn't in, was like you can actually move between your crops. Hmm. Like, do you remember uh, the way it worked where like you'd have to, you'd set them up in that sort of three by three pattern? Right. And, because you couldn't move between the two, you'd water all of them, but you you wouldn't be able to get that one in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, there'd be the crop in the middle you couldn't touch until you cut down everything else. Ooh, how did he solve that? How did he? How well, did he, you uh... can move between them now. Oh, that is awesome! Oh my god, that's like a small yeah. tweak, but that's like a huge thing. But that's it's a huge deal. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, I definitely need to to play it. But um, yeah, uh, fishing has a dedicated mini game to it, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, it's it, they, he also pulled from uh, what was it called, Rune Factory, where they tried to implement RPG elements. Yeah, that didn't. I never. Yeah, I didn't like that. Too I never much. got to play it, but it seemed pretty cool. Yeah, it's very popular. It has like a whole series. Yeah, like I think it, it's like it's like a niche following within the niche following that is Harvest Moon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever play River King? I did, but I'm not a big on fishing games. But I did play that game. It, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, 
forget what it, but yeah, there's like a like a cave you can go into and fight like little slimes. Uh, you also mine in there. You can get treasure, all that stuff. There's also another. There's an element of leveling up your skills. Mm. When you hit certain point, you can actually choose to specialize in certain areas of that skill. Like, uh, for example, you get farming up, and you can choose like the special perk of either uh, cropper, which uh, <laughs> uh, ups. It gives you a bonus in regards to uh, growing stuff, oh, or rancher, which gives you uh, a buff in regards to uh, animals. Oh my god, it's playing to the style of uh, how I the different styles of play in the game. Oh, that's so great because yeah. I'm a rancher when it comes to Harvest Moon. I always do the animals. Yeah. I never do I'm the crops. Farm. So, oh, yeah, man. I know. I always do the crops. Uh, I do the crops and the fishing, and yeah, they reward you for. <sighs> you know, dying into whichever interests you. Oh, shit, that is so cool. Oh, my God, because, yeah, I'm all about milking the cows, shaving the sheep, and getting the eggs from the chicken. Okay, I need to play this yeah. game, like, now. I don't know why I haven't, but... Yeah, uh, you gotta play shit out of it. Well, I mean, yeah, when you have time. Yeah, so... Because it will eat your time. I can definitely see when why. Was the last, when was the last actual Harvest Moon release? Actually, this year. Oh, excuse me, last really? year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just they, um... <sighs> They've really dropped off in popularity. Um, uh, what was yeah. it released on? Uh, the three DS. You can buy it off the eShop. I probably you can physically buy it as well. But mm. yeah, it's, it's an interesting case of someone making something that it's a uh, you know these Japanese developers they get so out of touch with things and yeah. somebody steps in who. Who knows why something's good? They know what they love about something, and they they just fill the void, and it's like it takes off. Yeah, it's yep. it's just it's so it's so great to know that just one developer is able to get up to a million, while like you have whole teams of hundreds of people who are just. I mean, of yeah. course they make more money, they make more than that, but it's just it's funny. Just one guy does everything, and he's able to make this. Uh, money. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's it's not so defeating. It's not like you can't come to the party unless you have a full team, this budget, this kind of tech, this whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. It's good. It's good stuff. Because this is just a little 2D thing, right? Yeah, that's yep. all it is. Very simple graphics. But, um, but yeah, I think Mike's really right. Just playing to what people love, and <laughs> you can get a huge fan base, uh, especially if your game is mod-friendly. All right, let's uh, move, on to, move on to the next article here. Okay, so this one is from GameIndustry.biz, and it's a Blizzard issue cease and desist to private WoW server. Uh, so they're basically... So uh, private servers. Yeah, so it was going against the, in their terms of service, and so, so the, the, the private server was running for about a whole year, and they said they had gotten around... 800,000 people who registered and about 150,000 active players on the server who were actually playing the vanilla version of WoW. So it was before all the expansions, before anything that was put on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it had a nice run. But the reason I put this in here is because there's like, for like the, there's this whole big thing about making sure that we kind of remember all the, the important parts of, you know, the, the game industry and gaming culture and stuff and trying, you know, mm-hmm. there's some places that are making, I think there's like a, a game museum in Texas or all these basically ways of kind of capturing and remembering what kind of made the, the games great and where it all started. And 
mm-hmm. and, and it's really hard to do that with an online MMO game. And these this these people were trying to, you know, make it so that you could experience the game in its original form. So yeah, I just thought it was yeah. interesting that. It's not even from like an anthropological standpoint, though. It's just that they. That's the shit that they prefer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. more so for that, but it's a shame. Yeah. It is unfortunate. That some of the games that we, some of the most popular games that are going to be out there that were, you know, that were MMOs, we'll never get to see them in their original form. We'll never get to see, you know, why they well, were. Well, we, we will as well with some of them. Some of them just outright die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that actually makes it probably a little easier for shit like this to happen the problem with this is that wow is still going and they're still making uh money out of it so they're they're cutting into their profits um but the the it seems like the developers uh, or the people who got this up and running or they sent a letter that was almost like pleading with blizzard to let them work with them to yeah. make this shit happen mm-hmm. legitly yeah, like um, and we'll we'll see how Blizzard reacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some because sometimes that's that's like the thing too. It's just you know we'd pay for this if it were here, but it's not here. Yeah, so. and it's if it's going to cut into their profits, there that's like a big no no. It's like no, I, mm-hmm. we can't. <laughs> and I would imagine at this point, considering how long has it almost been fourteen years since WoW has been around? God, that game's been around for so long. Uh, I'm sure they at this yeah. point they want to make sure that there's no way they lose customers at all. So <laughs> remember when it was just Warcraft? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, you know how many? Do you know how many subscribers are on actual WoW right now? Uh, I think it's uh, half a billion. I don't know. I think it's 500 million. I'm not really sure. Because mm. you know it's it's crazy. Uh, seeing the trailers for the new wow movie or the warcraft movie rather yeah i'm just like i'm sick of this shit i don't want to see this like it's it just looks it just looks boring for one thing mm. but also and fantasy is not my thing uh but i it's, it just seems like the type of shit that should bomb but it's it's odd because there's a few things it has going one duncan jones uh is a great director uh, but two, it's weird because it looks like it should be something that will will fail really big. But mm. my my big curiosity is: are the are the WoW fans actually going to go see this? I like, I, I think it. I think they. I mean, I don't know too much details about like the the story, but I do believe that um the the lore and whatever they're doing that is going to be something from the Warcraft world. So I would imagine that's going to appeal to. Like you have to be dedicated to like oh, yeah. play wow and those people that are still there and I guess there's still a lot of them uh, and probably even more people who have played uh, who stopped playing like I'm I'm really I'm gonna be really curious to see how that movie does because mm. uh, it could it it might do like extremely well I have this feeling it's gonna do really really well just out of just you know just curiosity for like the first week but then after that we might start seeing i would imagine a drop off mm. or something i who mm. knows I, I think reviews are going to be a big part of this because that's the other thing with gamers you know you see shit like this where it's 
they're very um, pragmatic. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to play regular well. I want this other thing, so let's make it happen. Mm. I, mm. Think, I think a big portion of the audience might be, well, movie sounds interesting, uh, but let's wait for the reviews. I feel like they're the type of people that won't go to the theater if they hear it's bad. Mm. Yeah, considering that we already kind of have a bad taste in our mouth with all the bad video game movies out there, or at least just the ones that are yeah. fantastic. Though, remember, it only it only takes one to uh, well, basically look at, look at what Blade did to comic book movies. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. We're it's gonna soon. It's gonna someone's going to prove that. I don't know what franchise or what director, but somebody's going to eventually hit that, hit the mark. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be a flood rush, like with comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Effie Red's been trying to make, make that happen for a while. Yeah. Assassin's Creed's coming. Yeah. We'll so. see. Uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah. everyone's tired of Assassin's Creed though. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I just looked it up real quick while we were talking and right now they have 5.5 million subscribers and that's apparently the lowest that they've ever had so hmm. in the past 10 yeah. years it's been going 5.5 million subscribers yeah well multiply uh, active user base times like 10 or 12 mm. and there's your <laughs> there's uh, there's your opening gross mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and that's not good because that's like what fifty million. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much they spent to make the movie. I don't. Have they said that yet? I don't. I don't think so. I don't know, but looking at it, it's got to be between. It's got to be somewhere around like four hundred to four hundred million or something. That's my guess. Three hundred million somewhere around there. Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's actually really bad. It's not great. I don't know. I thought for some reason I thought it would be more people would play well. Well, do you know what the all-time high was for user base? Like what what year or oh you mean like for just the actual number number yeah, how numbers. Many? Because I think that would be a, a slightly more accurate number to go off of. Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in between that and what it is now. Yeah, okay. So World of Warcrafts in 20 <clears throat> 2012 they had a their subs- subscriber count was nine point six million. Nine point six million. That's actually not that much. Mm. And that was maybe it just maybe it just felt like it was everywhere because it took over like gaming and gaming was a little smaller back then. So if you knew gamer friends, they were talking yeah. about it. Yeah, you know, you knew at least one person who was playing WoW. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it seemed like it, it, and it is a big number for for gaming uh, especially mm-hmm. like like 5.5 million active users yeah. that's yeah. it's crazy well, how much well, it, is that a month it wasn't even just that it also perme- permeated the pop culture as well you were seeing like regular ass like tv talking about wow sitcoms having it as like minor plot points yeah South Park, that big episode and yeah you know that might have been why yeah yeah, it's weird. I guess it's a lot smaller than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, it's one thing to compare it to take. I guess that's the part of the equation I was missing. 
taking it out of the, the gamer populace and comparing it to the general populace, yeah, this movie's not going to do well. <laughs> That's my prediction. Uh, oh, man, it's not going to be good. Mm, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes going to have a field day with this one. Well, I don't, I don't know, because I, I like Duncan Jones a lot, but I, I feel like they missed the a bigger opportunity would have been to, to, do, to have him, especially him, mm. If you don't know him, he did Source Code and he did Moon. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, it would have made more sense for him to do StarCraft, I think. Uh, yeah. I think if yeah. you put out a StarCraft trailer, people would, and it was, and it looked good, and he could have made it look good. People would have turned out for that. Yeah, you also uh, get, you also get like a huge boom in the worldwide audience on account of Korea. Yeah, yeah, it just. That would have made more it's sense. literal money out there. I think it would have made more sense. Uh, maybe <clears throat> the reason why they're doing... God, you're right. StarCraft would have made such a, way more sense. I think the reason why they probably chose this was maybe they're trying to go off of the whole Lord of the Rings thing. Like, say, oh, that worked well, so maybe this might do it. That's I think so, I but... Think of. It's been a while. Mm. But I mean, you know, we didn't even have to look at numbers for Tolkien book sales. That that thing is that lore spans. It's been around so long, and multiple generations have read that book. Yeah, and and now, uh, you know, we have multiple generations who have seen the 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 trilogy, the the movies, yeah. so they can do that. But uh, yeah, Warcraft. I just mm. yeah yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, this should be. Uh, no, I'm yeah, really... That's too bad. Mm. Maybe it'll be a surprise, but uh, bold predictions here on NAGP Resurrection. <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. see. we'll see. Because uh, uh, I, I, are you, are either of you going to go see it in theaters? Uh, I'm, mm, I'm I, not. I love, I'm a huge fantasy, I love fantasy stuff. Uh, I might give it a try. Uh, I mean, I'm not. A, I don't play World of Warcraft or any uh, or Warcraft or any that kind of stuff. But I do like fantasy, and it mm. looks a little. Yeah, mm, looks something. Mm. Past the time. I think if I knew something about the lore, or there was some kind of hook to it, but uh, so far I haven't seen anything that really interested me. Apparently, the in regards to either the movie or the game. Apparently, the the World of Warcraft lore is insanely deep. There's like a lot going on in that world. I'm I'm pretty sure it was insanely deep when it was just Warcraft lore. That, so yeah, that's yeah. that's a good point. Uh, it's gonna be uh, talking pandas. That's all I know. <laughs> that looked the mist the mist of Pandaria. Yeah, but <laughs> I could right. just watch Kung Fu Panda. And that is also true. Which was a good movie. I enjoyed those movies. That was a pretty good movie. Mm. It was funny. Since we're talking about this, do you want to jump to the last article and put it here? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. The like the Last of Us, an Uncharted movie. I, apparently, they're in development. Hell, I was reading it, and it said the, the scripts, they kind of, it's a decent place with the script right now. I mean, what, what's going on with that exactly? Yeah. Uh, uh, development. Uh, hell. Neil, Neil Druckmann said that a while ago. I think like last year, oh, we like we sat around and we did a table read on The Last of Us and the script is good. Mm. Um, but he said he hasn't uh, heard anything about it hmm. in a while. So I, I don't know. They they say that like you know it's a 
it's a head grab or you know a, what do they call it a attention grabbing headline mm. you know that's in development yeah. hell but really movies take time and there's <laughs> yeah it's a long process so uh for within charted it sounded like it sounded like they were going over script revisions um and that they had brought on a new writer Hmm. Um, and that they hadn't heard anything yet. So with Uncharted, at least, it's probably they're just waiting on one guy to finish his draft. You know, and with, um, with these two movies, I actually feel pretty confident that they could do well as a movie because they already kind of play like a movie. So, I mean, I, I feel... Well, yeah, and Naughty Dog's involved. Like, Oh, good. Actually, it got me excited reading the article. Um, well, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I, I was like good like hmm. i'm glad that uh naughty dog sent revisions they were like you need to change this and change this so we can get the character relationships right and make it feel correct uh that naughty dog was uh, the ones doing that um, and they sent it back to the studio and then, then the studio is now rewriting it based hmm. on that feedback that's really good to hear because Naughty Dog, they, they know their stuff at this point. They have hit out of the park with these games and just the, the way they do the storytelling. So that actually so, makes me excited. Yeah, I'm curious what story they'll tell because I think an Uncharted movie could be amazing. Mm. I don't necessarily think that a Last of, Last of Us movie is necessary, mm. especially if they're going to try and tell the same, same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Uh, I don't know. But at the same time, I, it's like it's such an amazing story that I feel like if they hit the same notes, some of the major notes of the game in, in the theater, it could be really something special again. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, why, why do I need to experience that again on the screen? Mm-hmm. Well... I'm kind of curious who, for like for Uncharted, who would you guys want Nathan Drake to be? Who, what actor would you guys want for him? I have to make a confession. I have not played any of the Uncharted games, so I got no opinion. Uh, how about you, Mike? Who would you want? To uh, I always thought Bradley Cooper would have been good. Uh, <laughs> but that was, I think I noticed, I think I noticed that. A long time ago, when he was a little younger, hmm. like I was like, "Oh yeah, I think that one guy would do it." And now he's kind of huge, but uh, I just think he he sounds a lot like Nolan North, mm. and he's he can do that goofy kind of airy man thing. I think he'd be good, yeah. but uh, there's probably there's probably a bunch of other people I'm, I'm thinking of. Uh, Definitely not Nathan Fillion. People always yes. say that. <laughs> I've, I, I've heard, even I've heard that. A lot yeah. of people want him to be it. Yeah, just he's like old and <laughs> and big and not. He doesn't have. The people love that guy. I haven't really seen too much of him. Like, I tried watching Doctor Horrible once and it didn't do it for me. I've seen him on Bones. Or whatever the fuck show he's on is it uh, Bones? Castle, Castle, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he seems fine. He's likable. He was cool and much ado about nothing. I love, I love that movie. Uh, I, I don't think he's. I think he's kind of past the stage where he could play Nathan Drake. Mm. He's a. 
Yeah, I don't think he's spry enough. Did you see? Better, did you see him in choices? Did you see him in Fireflocks? I think that's where he kind of really start started to get famous. Firefly? No, I never watched. But Firefly. that's that's where he probably got his uh, most like clingy fans. Is... Yeah, I mean, at this point, wasn't that like over? Was it, how long? Well, that was like fifteen years ago or something. Two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That was so maybe yeah, yeah maybe that dude could have done it yeah. but he's <laughs> yeah back you, then yeah you watch Castle and it's uh, another story mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know he was in car I didn't know he was in Saving Private Ryan huh. <laughs> oh yeah he's isn't he isn't he the guy they like mistake he's, he's Private Ryan the first oh. Private Ryan that they made yeah yeah uh, okay I gotta watch yeah dude everybody's movie. in that movie it's funny <laughs> yeah Ted Danson's in that movie Paul Giamatti damn okay i gotta watch that movie again finn diesel we might watch that for on my show soon yeah okay yeah i gotta watch that and black hawk down i love that movie ah. you don't like ah. that movie no all right ah. uh, maybe it's just me then i enjoyed it i won't get into it but it's uh. good mm. all right Boy. <laughs> okay uh let's see here what was oh so this this next one by game informer actually like this interview quite a lot. It was Final Fantasy 15 director says it's make or break for the franchise. Um, let me just say that like not since one and potentially eight, if you subscribe to the Squall is Dead theory, has the game's name been more apt. Mm. So in the interview, it was about a 10-minute interview. Game Informer was just asking him a whole bunch of questions. And uh, the games I kept bringing up, and he even kept bringing up, was uh, how beloved Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VI are. And they kept asking him, like, you know, in- comparing those games and to-, to Final Fantasy XV and why they focus so much on graphics and not pretty much anything else. And he, I was actually, I, I was also always wondering why the games are always like at least the later ones are all about the graphics and not really much like substance or anything. Well, it's well on the graphics end of things. That's, I won't say always, maybe I don't, I don't know how those games looked to people playing them on the, uh, SNES mm-hmm. or like even the improvements between the games on the NES. But I know from like seven onward, that was always like a huge selling point. It's just like, okay, look at this cutscene. This shit is amazing. This shit's yeah. fucking majestic. They've <laughs> always <laughs> been at the top of their game. Them, like, I remember being being a kid and being like, if I want a game that I want to see some pretty shit in, I'm gonna pick up something from Namco mm. or SquareSoft mm-hmm. or yeah. Polyphony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, um, they were, when the whole like make or break comment kind of came up near the end of it, it was, uh, he was pretty, pretty much, he's very, they're very much aware that they know that the fans are not enjoying the, all the, the games that have been coming out lately in the, in the main, Mm -hmm. the main series of games. They, they, they've been hearing a lot of fans complain about it and say that it's just not up to par anymore. It's not anything like, you know, we used to love with seven and eight and all those kind of games. And he was saying that, you know, we've gotten all that feedback. We're completely aware of it. But we're just really hoping that with 15, the direction that he's going with it, because this is the first Final Fantasy he's directed, that he's hoping yeah. that he's going to try and bring back all those, you know, all the stuff that people enjoyed in the previous yeah. games. And, 
he uh he seems like a smart guy yeah uh-huh. he looked he looked really tired yeah um yeah one of the things i took away just from the inter- interview in general was mm-hmm. uh it, felt almost like an interview with a Western developer. He was very frank, open, and honest about uh, the mindset that the team is in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really appreciated that um, because uh, like more and more Japanese developers are realizing that they can't do things the way uh, they used to. Yeah. And they kind of have to take more pages out of the Western book to to not only just survive – I think a lot of people have stressed that point, like they need to adapt to survive, but it's like to have improve. a, yeah, to make the games better and improve, you know, workflow and, and situations uh, like efficiency and all that shit. Yeah. Um, and like talk to people, like listen to everybody on the team what they have mm-hmm. to say They'll have those meetings and be open and honest not inside the team and also with the fans and mm-hmm. you know um, and it's something that a lot of Japanese developers that you see struggling uh, or it's a concept that they're they're still struggling with yeah well there was a, an unfortunate byproduct product of that and it seemed like in, in far too many ways that the developers of like JRPGs were resting on their laurels like mm-hmm. we got this audience they always give us money let's just you know make this thing you know new coat of paint yeah you know you know uh, throw a die okay you you're making the new game come up with the story like I yeah. think we've had a conversation like this before where the games kind of stopped feeling inspired maybe i i guess that that was the the very yeah. point between us it was either like 9 10 or 12 yeah and you know this might even sort of this uh, area of discussion that we're talking about has probably played a big role on you know a lot of these guys that have been in the japanese industry for a long time they they recognize that and they're that's it might have had something to do with you know kojima being forced out and inafune mm-hmm. and um Mm. And what's what's Mega Man guy's name? Oh, I think that is Inafune. Oh yeah, Inafune. Inafune is. Um, uh, you're thinking of Igarashi. Iga, yeah, Koji Igarashi, the Castlevania guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and you know, you see what these guys do is they immediately pull out and they they do new things like they they go to crowdfunding and they and so they can try all these ideas that the big businesses who have been in control of the process for so long and think that they know what works and what sells mm-hmm. uh, they just go and they move away from that sort of thing so well, it's good to see a director at this level who's who's smart about this whole thing he's, he's definitely a breath of fresh air um, sorry Joe go ahead well, I was just going to say that another thing I thought was really interesting that he made a comment on too is that Another reason why he was saying this is make or break is that, uh, at least for in Japan anyway, is that the the console gaming market there is shrinking rapidly. And then yeah. if this, he's basically was saying like this Final Fantasy, if it doesn't do well there, it it's yeah, it's not going to be good for the Japanese market because that apparently that's just not how they're playing games anymore, which makes well, sense. Mobile, yeah. 
time is a commodity out there even more so than it is out here to the degree that like cell phones are just like murdering everything out there and that's just due to the convenience like there aren't anywhere near as many people driving out there most people are commuting you know buses trains whatever especially trains so most of their time spent gaming is you know between trips or during trips yeah so you know you can get all kinds of stuff going on with like i mean because before cell phones it was a psp like monster hunter was just like annihilating shit out there uh ds2 to a similar degree but um yeah so, so I mean, I the more footage I see, and after actually watching this interview, I'm actually kind of starting to get a little excited for Final Fantasy 15. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not gonna get yeah. too hyped about it, but I'm just kind of, um, it's on my radar now, pretty much. Yeah, me too. And I think uh, I'm probably, it's probably something I'm not gonna spend a lot of time with because I mean, I, I played the demo and it really. I wasn't really feeling the combat system, but no. uh, who knows? I, I might end up sitting down with it. Uh, but uh, to that point, is they're they're not trying to win me back. No. Like, I, I don't have I don't have time for it, and I and I kind of left the series a long time ago. And they're not really speaking to me, but I think they are speaking to a different audience who who is jaded but they're willing to give it one more chance and they're generating a lot of good buzz with those people um, and i think this game's actually going to do quite well mm. yeah i was actually more on board with this before but like watching this interview i'm now hopeful that it won't just be me wanting to play the game and oh yeah what, what i like about their strategy too is that they're really going all out with this. It's not just the game. There's the movie. There's the anime. There's the the mobile games that are coming out. They're trying. They're trying to hit every single point here. So it's mm-hmm. they, they they really want this to do well, and they really want to it, it, like kind of expand it into something bigger. So that's, that's what it's starting to. It's the impression I'm getting here, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch the anime. It's it's not bad. I mean, it's. I mean, they're made, they're definitely making moves for sure. SquareSoft as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, with the whole Final Fantasy VII thing, them finally, you know, doing it and trying yeah. to get their asses in gear to to get something out to the public. And however you feel about it being chopped up, uh, there's a comment recently I saw somewhere that said that uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but they were like, you know, every part that we release is going to be huge mm-hmm. that's going to be as big as final seven fantasy seven itself was which i don't know if i believe but they're they're trying they're trying to turn things around and the interview just kind of confirms that they are listening mm. to the mm-hmm. criticism that's been leveled at them because they are this is they're they have to put everything they can into this yeah. which is interesting because you know, we were talking about it earlier. The first Final Fantasy was the same thing. Like, let's put it all in here. Yeah. Because this yeah. might be the last one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel, you know, if they fuck this up, there might not be more. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep, the name is apt once again. <laughs> uh, okay, Square Enix, I'm, I'm trying to be a believer again. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I guess they're realizing they can't live off that Kingdom Hearts money. Uh, yeah. mm. <laughs> well... I mean, that's the other thing is they're they're staying on. They're I feel like they were super under the radar. They've 
though. Since well, I, 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 that was. I know they got jealous when they saw uh, the Megami Tensei uh, franchise uh, get popular out here because that franchise has always played like sloppy second to square in regards to JRPGs. God, it's, so, yeah. it's so popular now. Good lord. Yeah, Persona 3. And that was another instance of like uh, doing something different with the JRPG formula by introducing those sort of dating sim elements and uh, messing with the game progression. Yeah, having yeah but they've, they've, they've definitely fallen, fallen from grace. And this is, and they're pushing to kind of regain their spot. And it's, it's exciting to see them like, about to do it yeah like we can we can all see them reaching for it like the final fantasy 7 remake final fantasy 15 finally coming out and kingdom hearts 3 finally coming out mm. it's weird for them we to have all this shit, shit finally it's weird to see this shit finally coming to fruition all this shit that was like when is it coming? Is it coming? Like, oh, this probably will never come. And then they, like, announced it. And, you know, I don't know. It's good, though. <laughs> they're, fine. they're finally just letting it all out of the bag. We'll see. I wish them the best. Okay, next one here. Oh, Destructoid. I think they were looking a bit too much into this. But uh, on Destructoid... Uh, this article is, is Microsoft about to reveal a new Xbox console? And um, so basically in the article, it's just reading that they, that Microsoft had did a filing to the FCC with two, <clears throat> two pieces of ha- hardware that they're going to be, what well, looks like they're going to be possibly creating. And uh, I think they're just pretty much going off of that, making the assumption that this is kind of hinting at a possible new console that's could be announced at E3. This is like just slim pickings here. Wouldn't it be funny if it were a handheld? Uh, <laughs> did they? Tr- well, the Zoom. No, Zoom wasn't a handheld. That was an yeah. MP3 player. That'd be funny. I think they were thinking they about it. A long... No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it if they. It would be a phone if they announced yeah. it, which they probably already have. The Windows Phone, there. which is not doing well at all. <laughs> yeah, so they're diff- It's not a handheld. No, no. So, um, actually, let me uh, click on this. Thing. I feel like it might be related to the iterative thing we were talking about a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, in the the two things that they were the two model numbers that they were filing. Let's, let me open them up real quick to see what exactly. It was. So the first one, Microsoft Corporation Dual Band Wireless Accessory Radio. Well, that's not clear. And the second one, a Dual Band Wireless LAN Radio. So I have no idea what that means. All right. That's not very helpful. So anyway, that could be for anything. That could be like an accessory of some sort. Who knows? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. I didn't see that in the article. It's, a, it's the, the first sentence. It's a two links. The filings for model numbers 1682 and 1683. If you click on yeah. them, it links to it. All right. Anyway, from what the article said, it what I read, it seemed like there were filings that were made that were secret. Right. It didn't say what they were, but they'll uh, be. But the they they'll be revealed or, or like legally they they're public. Mm. Uh, there they become public like two or three days after E3. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I'm sure they're going to have a huge announcement for something at E3. 
related to yeah. new hardware. It's it's gonna happen at this point. I mean, it's it's getting to that time, I guess. Uh, it's I'll not care when it happens. Wait, how long has Xbox One been out? Has it like like what three years? Oh, Something like that. Oh, that's not that long. Yeah, no, it's absolutely so, not time. <laughs> you're, you're right. But the I, thing is, well, that, that would be that would be some maverick ass shit. Though, it feels though, longer it? for some reason. I don't know they why. Can't, it's absolutely they will not announce a new console. That's absurd. Uh, they may announce a new, new SKU, yeah, a new SKU or some kind of one that runs better, which we've been, you know, both Sony and Microsoft have been talking about. Um, which you know they might have a fire lit under them too after, uh, you know the spanked. no, the uh, rumors about uh, NX mm. like being p- more powerful than the PS4, mm. um, and really just PS4 starting to already check behind PC graphics. So it, it makes sense. I was watching a uh, uh, Kyle Bossman has a new thing that he's doing on youtube a new show and he was talking about this uh about how times have really changed if you look at sort of what apple does uh the technology is just moving too fast for us to to not do something like this Mm. because people won't it's to the point where we can't really wait it's like the stuff that's on consoles is going to look like shit faster than the technology is uh, coming out. Yeah. Or, you know, faster than the consoles are, are coming out. Or I, I'm tired. I don't know what I'm <laughs> no. saying. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's just at this point, we, they got to do what? Okay, so the new SKU that does come out. Uh, either way, though, it we need to start doing upgrades. It, to kind of get this stuff out faster so people can have better experiences because they're not going to wait anymore. It's just, it doesn't, technology is just not, (laughs) it doesn't work like that anymore. Things are moving insanely fast. Way too fast. Yeah. This next one I just Uh. thought was kind of neat. It's by Kotaku. It's a metal, it's like a a whole series of Metal Gear Solid figures that are coming out. And I just, it seems to be like lately there's a... I thought that was all one figure. Yeah, it's all. It is. Sorry, it's one. Okay. It's yeah, one. That's one sick. Figure. Yeah, and it's um. There's also a whole bunch of Street Fighter figures that have been coming out lately that look just freaking mm-hmm. amazing. It just, I just thought it was interesting. All like the quality of all these toys that are coming out nowadays. I wish were around oh. when I was little because it's just. It's it's been that way for a while. It's just mainly in Japan. That yeah, they have a lot of yeah. much better stuff. Over there. Well, it still is mainly in Japan. It's just now we can order it. Yeah, we can import it, and I think as like there's enough of an audience out here that some of the people are looking for like uh, a more direct means of getting the figures to us. So yeah. All right. Uh, next one here. Oh wait. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, you didn't even describe what the extra figure was. What? Ah, let me open back up. I shouldn't have closed it so fast. Well, I so can describe it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, just a, it's just a posable little... It's a guard from MGS that uh, you can, like, give him the light-up eyes and the red exclamation point, or you can, like, put him on the ground and give him disease, like he's been knocked out. <laughs> That's great. It's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
You can have him get distracted by the porno mag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only problem I, I have with this is that if if you buy this, then probably some portion of that money goes back to Konami. And I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not really okay with that. So Yeah, Konami, get your shit together so we can enjoy things again. No, they're past that point. They, don't really, they won't. They, don't they can't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The they're, damage they're making, is done. Well, it's yeah, they're cool. also, even if like all their games go to shit, they'll just live on that slot machine money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're doing at this point. Well, they, you know. they just announced a, a new uh, Contra that's on mobile and has microtransactions. So uh, there you oh, go. Oh, good. So that's where they are now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stop talking about it. Ugh. That's just uh, all right. Uh, the next one, man, Joe, you just tossing everything in here. Uh, by Kotaku, someone poured a Flappy Birds to an e-cigarette. So <laughs> how does this work? So it's uh, so e-cigarettes. They're, I mean, they they have little. Sc- I mean, apparently, I guess they have little screens on them, and you can do. I don't even know how they work, really. I mean, I know there's like, a, like a, there's like a little space in there where you. Put I know there's like some and, weird recharging element. <laughs> yeah, I guess apparently there's different kinds of them. And since vaping is becoming such a big thing these days, and this yeah. particular brand has a screen on it, and this, mm-hmm. this awesome developer just put Flappy Birds on it, and I watched the video, and it's pretty awesome. That's funny. Yeah. And but what I what I love the most about this is that he open sourced his code, so it's actually on GitHub. So what you can do is like if you're you know if you understand the basics of C and how to compile stuff, you can actually get it on your own thing. I thought that was great. Like, yeah, you can replace everything with weed. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Oh man. I just, yeah, I, it's funny. I know a guy who has uh, he had an e-cigarette that it just had four little lights on it, oh. and it, made, it could make like tiny little MIDI sounds. But apparently, it had Pac-Man on it. Oh, I wasn't awesome. quite sure how it worked. It was only four lights Whoa. that changed color. Apparently, you could play it, uh, but it also played. Purple haze in beeps. I was about to say, you know what I'd really like is one that would play the uh, continue screen theme from Zelda. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love when people do this, though. They just yeah. they hack all the technology to, to do crazy things with it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, they should make a, a phantom cigar that that goes whoa. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Awesome. Oh man! <laughs> uh, please, please, developers, keep doing more stuff like this. Uh, it's it's so yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah. Um. All right. So this next one, I thought this. I don't know if you guys watched the video, but it, this was this was amazing. Uh. So it's by The Verge. A paralyzed man's brain implant lets him move his fingers to play a guitar hero. Guitar, excuse me, guitar hero video game. And so he has basically what they did is they have like a chip that they put inside of his brain, like a whole bunch of other wires that they're plugging into it. And uh, they made it so that uh, it, it allows him to send signals from his brain directly down to the arm that he, you know, so he could actually start moving it. And in the video, it shows him actually using it in a very kind of like limited way. But he was playing guitar here, lifting up cups. And it w- it's amazing that we've gotten to this point with the... With this is groundbreaking stuff. right it is. here. It's, it's amazing watching watching him do it in the video. And just, I mean, if they really go forward with this and make this, like, you know, really make it well work well, 
I mean, that could start making it so people who are paralyzed, they could possibly start walking again or moving their arms. Or it's, it's amazing. So. I mean, every every little thing will go an infinitely far away. So I mean, you're you're bound by your humanity to keep going with this <laughs> so, shit. It's gonna be fucking sort out yeah. online. We're gonna be able to do everything with our minds. It's, it's, it's Joe. Joe, what what what, what mantis? Yes. Mantis. <laughs> yes. Exoskeleton. Mm. Yeah. We're yeah. all going to be Iron Man soon. You know what this reminds me of? It's like, it's kind of, it makes me think about, like, you know, holodecks. First, are we going to have the holodeck first, or are we just going to shove shit straight into our brain? Mm. Like, which makes sense for us? Like, this is like, are we going to fix people who are paralyzed by, by, roboticizing them or are we going to like like. or are we going to finally figure out like like stem cells how to make this shit work it's like it's weird how people are striving towards the same thing by different means yeah Yeah. Uh, no I say well obviously you want to do both I mean like just because there's a set cure for a specific thing doesn't mean that that specific approach is going to work for everyone you have to have a plan mm-hmm. of attack for every kind of situation someone may not take to the stem cells for some reason so you have the robotics opposite for the other end you're probably going to want to look at other ways too i mean outside yeah. too but you know but it's it's also crazy to to think that we understand our nervous system in this way or i guess mm. would it be the nervous system yeah i guess it's the nervous yeah. system so that that we can manipulate our bodies to to do this, it's it's crazy how much we're there's so much more to learn just about our own. You talk about space, but you talk about your own body and how much shit it's like we've learned, and now we're finally starting to learn to manipulate things mm-hmm. and like fix problems and create workarounds, like because we are just walking uh, meaty machines, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, organic machines. Um, what was I gonna say? It, it's funny because it really makes you like understand how much we didn't know for how long we did not know this shit. Yeah, and it's like they said w- what they had about like ninety connectors. Yeah, <laughs> or something, and then their next iteration, they're gonna jump to something like nine hundred and sixty connectors is what they want to do or something crazy like that. Yeah. Nuts. Oh it's, man. It's just it's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm so You're excited. In the future. We are. I mean just Yeah. Self driving cars. Like, it's good stuff. Like it's literally if if the world doesn't explode, we we will be we're quite on our way to becoming immortal beings. Uh yeah. It, it will happen. Uh, maybe not in our lifetime, but it's we're taking baby steps towards it now. Mm-hmm. It's getting there. Yeah. I look forward to it. Uh, what's the next one here? Ah, so Lionel, I put this one in here because I know you're a big Suda Fifty One fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, so, okay. So it's, the article is by Polygon, and it's Suda Fifty One confirms that Let It Die is still alive. <laughs> Planned for a yep. 2016 release. I had never heard of this game before. Had, had did you hear about it, Lionel? At um, all? I actually wasn't following it, it that much. Um, basically, when I found out he wasn't going to go back to No More Heroes in the near future, uh, I mean, the last thing I played by him was uh, 
Killer is dead. Mm. Which is good, but like the way it ends, it's probably not going to get any sort of a sequel. Yeah. Also, it was kind of like an amalgam of everything he'd made to that point. So I knew what that, what was coming next was going to be kind of different, and I was kind of like, okay, I'll just I'll just give it a look when it happens. Uh, um, I did look it up after you showed me that, and uh, it was apparently originally brought to the public conscious as a project called Lily Bergamo. Uh, had a, a protagonist, and beyond those two differences, it was uh, ultimately the same kind of thing. He described it as a uh, super action game, an extreme action game, and I think uh, in that interview they called it a survival action game. Uh, it seems to have the Grasshopper Studio element of weirdness, but uh, um. One of the things that stands out outside of uh, it having online play is that there's a uh, what they call a companion app, which uh, introduces like a smartphone element. Hmm. It, it would tie in with the uh, online play, and they want to set it up so that you can actually play it just via the smartphone if you want. There's obviously more to it if you play it either console, PC, however it's going to be released. But basically getting in on that uh, mobile gamer market, which is, um, I want to say, really any sort of online player, even a multiplayer element, is not something Suda51's really fucked with before. Mm, so he's, so it's, it's uncharted territory, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely starting to see a lot more of that lately with a lot of games having their own, having companion apps. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw like, but, yeah, so... Yeah. So this game has asynchronous multiplayer. Is that that would mean it's sort of like uh, the Souls games, right? Yeah, actually, uh, it says right here that um, death is. Uh, uh, I'm just kind of quoting the uh, wiki I looked up here. It says uh, the concept of death is relevant throughout the game, and that if one player dies in game, he will appear in another player's game, making the deaths of players important in the experience of the game. Hence the title. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, your character, when they die, will become a uh, NPC or maybe even an enemy in another person's game. Like mm. a unique one. Yeah. Sounds creative. That should be... Interesting. Uh, uh, wonder how that's going to turn out. Anything that he does, though, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're even still around. I, I really honestly thought that they, their company, Grasshopper, was no longer around anymore. So it's good to hear that they're still still kicking and making No, stuff. they're still around. They just um, they haven't had anything as big as uh, No More Heroes. Or Killer7. Well, Killer7 Seven, Killer Seven was still kind of niche, but it kind of like brought... Gave, it, it brought his... Pain. Him to mm. the uh, uh, state's consciousness, so to speak. And it's the fact that he utilizes a lot of Western elements and just elements from all over. Like, uh, he's got a fascination with uh, pro wrestling, specifically luchadors. Sure. <laughs> and they work their way into everything he does to varying degrees. I want to say his approach is very self-indulgent, but it's also very off-the-wall and crazy and manages you to be unique and interesting. Yeah, man. I God, it's just it's so he's something weird. that I. Uh, he's someone whose work I've wanted to get into. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Or did ever really have the opportunity? Because a lot of his stuff is uh, hard to find or get a hold of, um, and mm-hmm. stuff that I, but stuff that I have tried, uh, it feels mm, I feel like I appreciate kind of the weirdness of it more than I appreciate actually sitting through the gameplay trying to get to it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, as regards to gameplay, I want to say Tri-Killer is dead. Um, that's probably as uh, refined as he's gotten so far. Hmm. Mechanics and whatnot. It's, um, he's, he falls into this weird area between... Uh, like hack and slash button mashers and character action. Like I'm not quite sure where he's trying to go. I'm not even sure he's quite sure where he's trying to go with it. <laughs> oh well, but it's kind of like uh, the maybe this can be a topic for a later thing. But like if like you can make like a dream combination of uh, designers or just uh, companies. Like I'd love to see him on everything but gameplay, and then bring in Platinum to do the game. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, that'll that's be like that's 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 my literal dream game. Like, mm-hmm. I I am really excited to see what he'll do with mobile, though. I I want to mm-hmm. really see his take on that that platform. So that that should be because he's he's a very creative person. So who knows how he's going to approach it? So. All right. Uh, all right. So, last article for tonight is ooh, it's a big one. It's a uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's um by uh, PlayStation Lifestyle, former Rockstar boss uh, Leslie Benzies. The Benz, Benz. I say that right? Benzies. Uh, whatever. To sue Take Two for one hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, uh, uh, what's the suit for? So la, 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 la. the suit is for shoot. Uh, what was at the very bottom? I completely <sighs> wasn't it that they were oh, Jesus. They were, they were for royalty payment. Okay, so yeah, terminated for they terminate terminated his portion of royalty payments that he was supposed mm-hmm. to be getting, uh, and it was the one hundred and mm-hmm. million. Yeah, it was one hundred million dollars in royalty payments. That stretched back to 209, and that's why he's suing them because he wasn't going to be getting that. The year 2009, Joe. <laughs> Isn't that what I said? You said no, 200. You said, you said to 209. 209. Did I say 209? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. Okay, 2009. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, words. But, uh, um, yeah. So. I think we're seeing more and more lawsuits, uh, but that may be a good sign because it means the gaming industry is getting bigger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's too bad. I wonder what 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 the fuck happened. Um, he's saying that that uh, uh what what are the what are the brothers' names? How how Hooser Hauser? <laughs> oh, the Hauser brothers. Hauser brothers. Yeah. He's saying that they 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 fucked him over. Um, uh, and they've kind of they turned his sabbatical into you're not you you're not coming back. I don't know. Yeah, you're not coming back, and we're not giving you your royalties. Is what he's saying. Um, I kind of tend to side with him because what he's saying just makes more sense than what they said, which is they. You always kind of see 
one side will explain what happened, and then the other side is just like, will be, this is outrageous <laughs> and completely not true and completely false. And it's like, okay, but you didn't say... But you say, didn't tell us anything here. You didn't say what actually happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, if he... I, I believe he's a higher up, and if he's he's worked on uh, the series or with Rockstar since two thousand nine, um, uh, I, I don't know what his his role really was, but I I think he probably deserves that. Like I don't I don't know all the facts of what his role was, but I feel like it, he was probably promised that, and he should probably get it. Um, they have. They must have so much money. Yeah, uh, I like one comment that um, that Rockstar made on their uh, for their statement on, on all this, and they said his claims are entirely without merit and in many instances downright bizarre. And we are very <laughs> confident this matter will be resolved in our favor. So. Yeah, I'm not not quite sure what they the bizarre parts were I didn't see anything in the article that sounded bizarre from him yeah. uh, at least that the writers of the article pulled out so it sounds pretty straightforward pretty cut and dry if he can prove that there's contracts I mean it's pretty simple if he can prove if he has the contracts that say fat mm. then it's done and if not it's done it seems like mm. this might be taken care of pretty fast but like I said, I don't know all the facts. I wish we had more details. Yeah, it's like take two was like saying have accused the former employer of poor conduct, and but what is that, exactly does that mean? I mean? What is what was, yeah. was he not doing? What he was? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was sexually harassing people in the workplace. Or yeah, something. maybe he smacking some asses or like <laughs> <laughs> rolling up on people like Debo. Yeah, what you got up, Odi? Yeah, so they're probably... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So they don't know. It's like, maybe maybe Rockstar's the classy ones in saying, you know, he had inappropriate behavior and not detailing what it was. It's hard to say. Man. But this is this is actually this is a big deal. This It's not as big of a deal as uh, the Infinity War thing. Yeah. Um, a few years that. back when a... Uh, I forget... Uh, what was his name? Uh, Zamparelli. Uh, I can't remember. Vince Zampella and uh, and somebody else left Infinity War to found Respawn. That was a fucking clusterfuck. Uh, this is this I think is as high profile, but it's uh, far less of a clusterfuck. I think it's, it's a lot of money though. <laughs> uh, One hundred fifty million. Oh boy. Oh, the game industry. You're finally growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and here come them awkward growing pains. Yep, these growing pains are worth one million, one hundred fifty million dollars worth of pain. Uh, yep. All right, yeah, that's oh. big boy or girl <laughs> or something else, whatever it chooses to sell my ass. Yeah, it doesn't know what it wants to be yet. It's getting. <laughs> uh, okay, it's just figuring out that it doesn't want to be Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Awkward teens. It's realizing that its big brother isn't as cool as it thought. Uh, okay. Uh, topic time. 
Mm, we're going to talk about some game magazines. Mike? Oh, oh, yeah. Bring us in. Yeah, I was just... Uh, it just came into my head when I was thinking about it. Just... Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so different now. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't have, like... I look at gaming magazines now, and it's... We have it's Game Informer and EGM uh, is still around, but it's nothing like it was before. I mean, they do uh, some interesting stuff. I love their interviews that they do, mm-hmm. but ultimately a shadow of its uh, former self. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's all it's almost like it's almost it's a reflection. It's more of a reflection of what's on the internet rather than a reflection of what the magazine used to be. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's not its own thing. It's just more of the what's on there. <laughs> it's just kind of sad. Uh, yeah, hmm. but which is a shame because you know, I think at least I grew up reading EGM, um, mm-hmm. and I remember the first copy I ever bought was a back issue. It had Mortal Kombat two on the cover, and hmm. uh, but it was it was like a bunch of dudes like dressed up. As the characters, yeah. it might have been it like, like a, a, like a Molina, photo shoot or something. Is that the one that had like like Shang Tsung, Kung Lao, Marina, Molina, and then like Baraka's got his arms <laughs> over their shoulders, and it's like yeah, I think you can't tell if he's there. being friendly or trying to kill him. I think he well, he looks angry. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they those old magazines had so much personality because you you could tell it was the whole thing. It was just. Clowns running the circus. The 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 magazine I remember I grew up with was Nintendo Power, and what I liked about that magazine so much was that they always went in such great detail about the the upcoming games that Nintendo was going to be releasing, and they were very colorful about the graphics, and the, they always had like all the cartoon characters, excuse me, the the characters from the games just kind of all over the pages, and it was very it felt very alive and interactive, and. That- yeah, um, didn't they also have like a lot of extras, like extra mater- material, like ancillary stuff? Like I want to say, like you usually got like a poster in that thing, and there were like little comics based on a game they were focusing on. And... Yeah, yeah. It, it just they really yeah. they really wanted you to engage with it all. I remember a few uh, magazines like a long time ago. Like they would a- they would ask questions to the fans, and they would post their response. So they just not post responses, you know, put the responses inside the magazine for the next issues and stuff. And it's just, they really, really were all about the engagement. I thought that was, that made it exciting to read. Yeah. They, it all had personalities. Yeah. Yeah. They you know, all every, and every magazine's personality was different. Like, mm-hmm. and it's funny. It actually reminds me of how, how kind of skateboard magazines, they're kind of still that way a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of people swear by like Thrasher's the Bible. Like everybody knows that it has a very different feel than Transworld. Transworld's very clean and like kind of more friendly and shit. But like back in the day, it was like if you just wanted total anarchy and like insane opinions, you would go to EGM, where mm-hmm. it kind of it felt like you knew these people, and you know there was shit like. Uh, Game Pro, which was just the weirdest. I always was weirded out by it. Like I like their was, review system. They just all had. That's what's missing from EGM now. Is it does feel 
it's that regurgitated internet internet in print type mm-hmm. of feeling. The design's yeah. pretty bad. Uh, like they do some cool articles, like interviews and shit, but there's just no personality there. Mm-hmm. So it's like they just cut it directly from the website and just pasted it into the the Mac. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's not what they do. Yeah, but that's what it feels like. It's like I could just read this shit on the internet. There, there's nothing really. They're just like, using their it's website, ex- the template. Okay, well, it's it's like exclusive. They. It's exclusive content. It just doesn't have personality, you know? Yeah. It's it's like, here's some previews, here's some reviews behind the scenes. Like, the writing's good. It is good, but that's not enough in this day and age, which is so odd because of where that magazine came from, mm-hmm. where it was just all about the fun and the, and the, the personalities. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I mean... Back with the magazines, I didn't really pay too much attention to the actual writers themselves. But I, there was what I do remember is that even though I didn't really read, I mean, go to the websites and all that kind of stuff. And but I, there were a lot of core people that I did follow because I listened to a lot. I listened to a lot of gaming podcasts back when they were all you know for each of those magazines when they were around. And there were like a bunch of key people that I really enjoyed. Just like hearing the way they talked about games and stuff, and like there was Jeff Green, I was a huge fan of him. Sean Elliott, Ryan Scott, uh, Robert Ashley, and there were a few others too that I just mm-hmm. they were with um, the Windows magazine. One up, yeah, they're on oh. one up, yeah, they're on one up, yeah, uh, which was kind of came after EGM. It kind of grew out of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one guy I always that stuck in my head was Dan Shu, yeah, because mm-hmm. he was. He was, you know, he was part of the crew back in the day, like in the in the '90s when I was reading. He was there uh, when it went from Electronic Gaming Monthly to, to EGM, and eventually he was editor in chief. And then I think he left to go to Gamers.com, and then he came back to EGM. So uh, there's kind of like different eras of EGM, like the shoe era, mm-hmm. and then there, like the Ed Samrad era was before that when we were really young. Um, and then after Shu, I forget who took over. Was he, or I think he left and then came back as ESC. I'm, I'm not sure. But and then after he left the second time, uh, it was kind of that was kind of when it went when it was on its way out. Where uh, James Mielke was uh, was EIC. Mm. So there's there's weird eras, but but yeah, I did. It's you follow all these people, and it was kind of it's just really weird it's not weird it's like it's cool to see where all of these people have gone in their yeah. careers mm-hmm. like like especially for me like reading shoes stuff growing up and then actually meeting him and like like kind of knowing the dude a little bit like i've met him a couple times uh, and he's really cool in real life and then seeing and he did what a lot of people did was he eventually he's works for Sony now. Like a lot of those people, like the core EGM uh, from back in the day, they're all uh, either making games or they're working for gaming companies now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another person, like PC Gamer, I mean, that magazine's still around. I actually do enjoy, I mean, I don't play a lot of PC games, but I, I do actually enjoy the reading um, the magazine, but I, I really liked it a lot before he started becoming a screenwriter. 
I think he did the book of Eli or whatever, Gary Witta. Oh, yeah, Gary yeah. Witta. I liked, he was great. <laughs> he was great on the podcast, and his writing was really good as well. So I really enjoyed him a lot before he left. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I saw him on Kind of Funny. He actually did the first draft for Rogue One. Oh, nice. I didn't hmm. know that. Damn. Yeah, I was reading about him the other day. It's crazy. Crazy where yeah. these these people just fucking around in an office turned right. into, like, this guy's writing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know. Yeah. That's the way it goes. And it's just listening to them. Cause, I mean, I, like, listening to them on the podcast and, like you said, just seeing where they eventually end up going and just like when they make all the announcements on the podcast and the shows and they're saying, you know, this is where I'm going next and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of watching them as they kind of make their way through the industry, like Sean Elliott. Um, I mean, he went on to uh, work on Bioshock Infinite and then he was let go from that. Well, he wasn't let go. He, well, yeah, he was let go and they moved somewhere else. I don't know where he is right now, but it's just and then they had like their own podcast on there. It's, it's just great following these people. And like, I know like Ryan Scott. He did the Geek Box after that, after he left GameSpy, and it's just after one up. So it's just watching them move from each different magazine, and I don't know. It's they're great people and great writers, and it's, it was fun just watching them, listening. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and you mentioned PC Gamer. Yeah, uh, that was that's another thing that's just it's. It's just not needed anymore. It's the the magazine that came with the demo disc. Yeah, you know, yeah. That used to be my shit. I would be like, because if I get this, it's like, I know I'm gonna have like hours reading the, you know, going over everything in the magazine, but then I'm just gonna have like days of fun with this demo. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so like um, cheap. Yeah. That's a, another thing that kind of factors in to just the lack of magazines out right now is the sort of need for certain things like a trip tick that trip tip books trick tip books words um there's just no need for them anymore even though they were like a huge part of the market i mean like uh i want to say the biggest one was 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 tips and tricks yeah where like a quarter of the book was just like this huge pages and pages of various codes across different games systems. Yeah. It was like the mother load. You get one of those and you were set set for like a year, two years, depending upon like the fucking en- It was like a fucking encyclopedia. Yeah. 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 Now you have game, now you have game facts <laughs> that just pretty much replaced it. Well, yeah, the internet in general. Yeah. Because, like, you know, before there was no other place to find this stuff. You had to, you know, you had to get whatever magazine was. And if you didn't know about tips and tricks, you had to, like, see what was coming out, see who was doing something on what. Like, if Expert, you know, when Expert Gamer, which was what EGM2 turned into, came yeah. out, you had to see, okay, what was on the cover? What were they covering? Oh, it's this thing. Oh, it's this fighting game. Okay, let's see what everyone's core combos are. Uh, um, you know, now there's internet, there's venues, there's like, you know, people discover things. They don't have to mail it in <laughs> to their, you know, magazine of choice. <laughs> they yeah. can put it themselves, whether it's just game facts, <laughs> uh, text, print, pictures, video. We can do video now. Yeah. Um, Remember when people would actually think that there was a fucking dude code in, like, Tomb Raider 2? <laughs> yeah. They'd, ha- 
They'd have it in the back of the magazine. They'd be like, send us a letter if you have this trick. It's like, motherfucker, they're not going to put a fucking nude code <laughs> in your Tomb Raider Yeah, you can't really get away with the April Fool's pranks. And, like, EGM was, like, the most notorious. Um, mm. The two, they kind of, well, two, one that really interested me and one that actually plagued me for a while. The one that interested me was apparently uh, them saying, if you beat resident evil 2 within a certain time frame using only the gun and knife you unlock akuma and <laughs> by like using the basic firing mechanics he could uh, shoot hadoukens and there was a fucking uh tormented me of course was the there was Kazuya. a screenshot yeah the kazuya screenshot in tekken 3 well, there like... was one of akuma too oh really yeah see kazuya one drove me nuts because i was trying like everything it's like okay beat every beat the game with every character okay beat everyone without dying beat everyone with perfects i was like trying every combination of things i was just like where where is he (laughs) yeah Mm. before we close it out i did want to talk at the very least briefly about my favorite gaming magazine which was one called uh, game fan i remember that one yeah and this was like this one stood out for a couple of reason, one, reasons. One, I think it actually began as just an import catalog. And the like mini reviews they would have for like the different uh, games you could import kind of like turned into the magazine itself. And the magazine still had the import catalog in the back. So, you know, you would through that you would kind of like get like the tiniest sneak peek about games that were possibly coming to the states um to that extent there was also a minor focus on uh, anime in there there would actually be a handful of reviews and the animes were part of the import catalog and something unique that game fan did was that rather than actually have like a little blurb about the rev- the reviewer in question rather just be okay this is bob so and so he's reviewing this okay this is ted this is they would use a pseudonyms with like artists like artists basically like little avatars and it, it i guess it made both the the reviewers themselves and the reviews a bit more colorful and it actually had an added bonus of allowing people to have multiple reviews in a single magazine or across multiple magazines using different pseudonyms. Wasn't, wasn't game fan. Like if I can remember, maybe it was different magazine. Wasn't really, really thick too. Didn't have like a lot of paper. It had a higher quality paper. Yeah. Normal because of that, like the screenshots they would put on there would be like as close to like a transfer from the actual basically the highest quality screenshots you'd get in the magazine at that time Mm. and this was on top of like various art assets which they were also pretty well known for the the one thing about magazines the game magazines that just i remember as a kid that just got me so excited for them was before the internet really became a huge thing with games and you know game news sites and stuff the only way you were ever ever gonna know about any new games coming out was when that latest issue appeared at the store or something so i remember so many times like 
just rushing to the store, just looking for the latest Nintendo Power or, or any other game magazine that was out at that time, and just being yeah. just like just it's so excited to open it up and see, holy crap, like, there's Super Metroid coming out. What like, do you what were you gonna discover? Yes, basically. it was really yeah. just this amazing experience of just discovery and just like I didn't know that's coming. This is coming so this is it was yeah, man. the E like, three oh, issues. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like I, I, it's it's so direct now. Like mm-hmm. we we just watch the conferences. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy. Like we're we're almost there. But back yeah. then it was just like you had to and if and if nobody looked at your game while it was at E three, it didn't happen. Yeah. If you didn't make it in the magazine, it wasn't huh. there. Yeah, yep. it's so important. Oh yeah. man. Well, and I mean, not only that, it was just like it was kind of like to a lesser extent with the console, where it's like what information you got and what information you shared with your friends were dependent upon. Okay, which magazine did you get? Yeah, yeah like I can picture like us meeting earlier than we did, like as little kids with our respective magazines. Like Joe's telling us all the Nintendo shit. Mike's telling us some stuff across the board, and I'm like, oh yeah, here's this new game coming from Japan. <laughs> you'll never be able to play <laughs> okay well yeah this one you might be able to this one probably not and <laughs> super obscure 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 it's yeah just, it's it's ah uh, it was such a great moment in time just for those. Mm. and what was even even more great about it was i would hold on to those magazines so even after mm. years and years would pass just going back to the older ones and looking through them yeah. It was it was just a great feeling because it was like looking in the past and just kind of just seeing it in motion. I was, yeah. I was so it's, great. It's it's archived for you that yeah. moment. And, yeah, yeah. It would. I still do that. So mm-hmm. so good. It would trigger all the yeah. the great memories. Yeah, I think the only one I I'm ever really excited to pick up now uh, is Edge. Mm. Uh, Edge is just high quality. Uh, their design's really good, actually, and high quality printing and high quality writing. Um, that's that's the one that looks closest to like the caliber of magazine we're used to. Yeah, they're really holding the torch, and they have their web presence too. But it's like Edge is like I hope Edge stays around for for a long time. It was uh, sad for me because, like, I don't know if it's still around, but I saw that Game Fan resurfaced around 2010. I was like looking through it, and it's like, okay, this is this is cool, but like, the magic's gone, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so what do you guys think about uh, the whole like the uh, like the magazines that try and do it like on? online where they have the digital form of the magazine and the experience is a bit different because they'll, they'll try and mix in like video and all these other crazy things within the magazine yeah i remember egm was gonna do that like that was the big thing when they were relaunching yeah uh when i think ed samrad or i believe it was him uh like are the original owner who um he bought the rights back and he started doing it again that mm-hmm. there was going to be the print piece. And then there was going to be like the digital iPad version. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I maybe looked at the digital version once I never, that for me was just never really a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, even on the iPad where they tried to simulate the whole feel, you know, the kind of flipping the pages, it just didn't feel. Yeah. Right. It just felt it just felt strange. Yeah. I, I wasn't into it at all. Yeah, like I I, I think the the magic lies mostly in that period of time than more so than the actual books themselves. Well, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Actually having the physical, you know, the actual magazine in my hand and the, the whole flipping the pages and going through it and even the smell of it. I don't know. It's just, it yeah. all, that whole experience really made it yeah. for me. Um, yeah. It's definitely something to be said for that. It's like, what, what I mean what I mean by like some of it just being lost to the time is that like the the information's there sometimes it comes to us without us even asking now yeah you know yeah that's, that's true it does all the time like Facebook has a little ticker at the top where I, occasionally there's gaming news which mm. is weird <laughs> um, I feel like people it's like when people try to do print, gaming shit these days I'm just reiterating but they're just they're missing the point about what was great and it was the personality uh, and the the quirkiness it's too much like they're just we're going to have exclusive content that's Mm -hmm. not on the web here Mm -hmm. that that would fit fine on the web and and not taking advantage of of the medium there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but they, they need more yeah, well, there's and nothing special what that about more it. Is, is the thing they're missing. Mm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. yeah. It's the personality. It's the fun. Yeah. But even like Edge, Edge is like the thinking man's gaming magazine. Like that thing is huge, and you know, like you're going to work your brain when you read that because that's what Edge is. Mm-hmm. You know? Um,. Yeah, <laughs> I want them to come back. I mean, I still really do enjoy reading magazines, but you, you if you want them to come back, or rather, basically, you have to create another need for them because you know we don't need it for the tricks, the tips, whatever. Um, we don't need it for news anymore. So, I mean, there's. There's well, articles which you can get on the internet, so you, you've got to find something else for it to do unique yeah. to it, and that's that's the tricky part. Well, see, that's <clears throat> I think you can. St- okay, so yeah, news. You're right. That's not you can't really do that anymore. But I think if they focus on features, like Polygon and The Verge, they do features so well. I really like reading their features. And I mean, yeah. I think if you like, there's a site that I, I like to visit called, um, it's, it's called Offworld and it's a very, they don't release a lot of articles, uh, that much, uh, but it's all about gaming, but they, it's all features and the features, they talk about areas of gaming that like about, you know, diversity in the gaming industry and like they, they hit all these topics that most all these game sites that are out right now, they don't even touch. So there's lots of opportunities there for magazines to take advantage of really, you know, just really going way out there with things you probably never would really see on a normal gaming site and just really explore really deeply in the gaming culture. And, I mean, they could make it work. Yeah, well, that's what Edge does. Oh, well, there you go. So I, I haven't read Edge in a yeah. long time. So that's, that's awesome. I should yeah. start reading it yeah. then. 
That's what they've always done. Um, yeah, Edge is a lot of uh, heady writing and more artistic writing and things like that. So you, you have to you have to do things that are quality. Yeah, be, it's all quality, and because the the more niche you get, the more, the higher your quality has to be. Because because you can't really create a magazine now that's five bucks and, and accessible and try to make it accessible to everyone because people aren't those people who you're trying to be accessible to aren't going to spend the five dollars on what you're selling mm. uh, but the people and the and the people who 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 do want printed material uh are going to see you know cheap shit and they're going to say I, I don't want this but if it's but you raise it to 10 and you make it more niche and you make it a little more limited maybe or you have more, I don't know, you, a lot of it is for me, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a designer, but if something looks really good, if it's laid out and it's interesting and it has good features and articles, then that makes it, it makes it something precious because that's what is happening here. Um, there's not a need for this anymore, so you have to make it, more unique and special and precious and something that someone will want to keep, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because it has something. That's the reason why, why gaming hasn't like the, the magazines and gaming have, have really, really declined because the special events are, it's just all over the web and this, the big news is just all over the web first. Mm. But, but something like, uh, say like in skateboarding, like Thrasher does really well because, just for example, uh, I think the month before last, there was uh, this kid, uh, all of this extremely large set of stairs. It was 25 stairs. And this uh, there was only one per- other person who even tried it. And that was like 15 years ago. And he was there. Um, and they, they just threw this amazing photograph of him going down the stairs. And it's like, I saw that immediately. I was like, that's an amazing photo. And this is this is historic. I'm going to buy this mm-hmm. and then yeah. I'm going to read the, the feature about it. So, and then they don't, they don't put the the shots online, you know? Yeah. It's, it's something very, it's more sacred because it's, it's concrete and it's forever and it's something you can't get anywhere else. And it's special and it means something. Um, and it's harder to do that with, with something like gaming you, you kind of have to go deeper, a lot deeper than uh, what gaming, what the gaming press is doing on the web. Yeah, and yeah, um, I just thought of something because, um, like, like another example of, I guess, some something they could do or something they could pull from is, uh, I immediately thought of the Street Fighter art book. <laughs> Joe got for me and like there's weird bits of information about the creators in there and it's also you know just all that amazing art I mean all of it I could very well find on the internet but you know it it, there's something it loses some of the punch looking at it on the screen versus having it in my hand looking at it being able to get in there see all the detail and even get like little notes about what the creator did when they made it I mean yeah so yeah, it's what I thought about when Mike was saying something to make the book special. Yeah, and there's, yeah. I mean, and there's also, I mean, the great thing about 
the game industry and just the gaming culture just overall is that it's it's deep and complex and there's people doing all kinds of insanely crazy things that are mm-hmm. never discussed. I mean, there's a, a apparently like a whole bunch of like underground like like 8-bit like MIDI concerts and stuff happening in San Francisco that I didn't even know about. Well, I mean, I mean con- consider consider what is it two genres of music uh was was it called bitcore and chiptune yeah. both of which hinge yeah. upon the use of like 8-bit sound effects and like in the case of uh was it was it is it bitcore or nerdcore i can't remember but it's like yeah basically rapping about game related content oh, nerdcore yeah that's nerdcore, nerdcore yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. those are those were like their own worlds in and of themselves and yeah so there's a lot of things you can cover i mean kotaku Try they do like a dump of like all the weird things that are that kind of happen in the game and gaming culture, yeah. But it's just there's a great opportunity there to to tackle all that stuff and expose all that stuff to our audience. Like, there's like a whole other world of like gaming, just like you look at YouTube outside of the let's players, you have all the speedrunners out there and (laughs) long players and various reviews and you know there's there's so many different areas to tackle now that weren't around when we had these magazines back then yeah sorry mike what were you saying was i saying something it sounded like uh, thought you, thought you were before i butted in like an obnoxious asshole sorry i have no oh i have no idea <laughs> okay i don't think right. i was saying anything uh, sorry it sounded like you you were about to say something um uh maybe it was just that uh you can be topical, but you can't. You can't. I don't know. You can't beat the internet. <laughs> no, you can't. No. If to focus on shit that means something, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really it. Find a niche and just go for it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh. All right. Are we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, game recommendations slash what you playing time. Uh, Lionel, how about you? You go first. Um, trying to remember. I want to say I started something else besides uh, Stardew Valley, which has kind of been my go-to time killer. Oh, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine from work loaned me a copy of uh, Pokemon Platinum. Ooh, this is uh, just playing that. My first foray uh, into the. Uh, I'm not sure if I used that word right, but into uh, Pokemon on the DS, mm. and it's pretty cool. I'm not too far into it right now, but it's kind of fun. Basically, it's this is this is my chance to really rediscover it because I'm not familiar with this region. So there's kind of like the same beats. I know I got a hit, but. It's all in unfamiliar territory. Oh man, I really wish you would have. Uh, he would have let you borrow the um, the gold remake, the gold or silver remake. Those are. I mean, that's like. I that think is, he was saying he still plays that. Yeah, because it's that good. It's it's that yeah. good. It's, it's and amazing. Those those are those are fucked up. Those are fucked up, and I'll tell you why they're fucked up. Right? I was like, okay, I want these. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I always do with video games. I'm going to let the, the rush die down. I'm going to wait for it to go down in price, and then I'm going to buy it. 
However, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the only Pokemon games that have actually gone up <laughs> price. <laughs> oh man, that's because they're remakes of the classic ones. They're probably the best Pokemon games ever made. They're they're dirty the, motherfuckers. Yeah, that, I didn't know that though. I'm not surprised at all though. They are They've so good. Up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. Oh man, but um, yeah, man. Yeah, if you want, I mean, Platinum is okay. Out of all the games, that's probably not uh, not the best one. But mm. if you can ever get the, a chance to get to play the the gold or silver, th- mm. that is the best experience. Well, yeah, I know you love it. It's like <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain here. Anytime I told Joe I was playing any Pokemon game that wasn't gold or silver, he would mock me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're not hardcore. Yeah, it's... you ain't representing. You ain't keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like me. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad you're playing one of the Pokemon games, though. It's still a good game, though. Yeah, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. Uh, Mike, how about you? Pokemon. <laughs> uh, so, some of the kids I've been working with are like, I discovered other Tekken players. Nice. So uh, we were talking oh, about yeah. that, but I, and so I popped it in today. I was just like, oh, let me. I better like practice because eventually I want to fight these guys. But uh, I so we've been playing Tekken Tag too. I play. I just play a little bit today, just a few matches against uh, Peter and in Ghost Battle mode. And uh, been noticing this over the, the last few months, really. My uh, my hands are just like old. Ooh. Like I I can't like last time I played Street Fighter against one of my friends, like the the quarter circles were really like hurting my wrists. Like mm. and, and today when I was playing, it was like it was like uh, things would get too heated and and sort of in my my wrist area below my palms, those would get like tense, and I would have to you know, a break for a few seconds to, to untense them. Mm. <laughs> oh, and, that's, and it's, it's rough. Like that affects my game. Like I'm, I'm still pretty like good, but it's just like my, my body is not responding to, 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 to what my brain wants it to do the way it used to. Oh, damn. It's oh, no. Fast. It's a, uh, Yeah. And I don't know if it's from from doing harder work or um, the the past like three or four months I was doing a lot of uh, I've been at the computer doing a lot more design too. Uh, so there's that, but like, and you know, fucking, I got a smartphone last year. My hands been cramping up mm-hmm. on this thing, fucking typing and, and playing shit. So I'm kind of hoping that if. <laughs> It's just, just overuse. Yeah. Just, yeah, if I just rest my hands for like a, a month or so, that it'll go back to normal. But I'm also just worried that I'm just like I'm fucking old. Yeah. Like. Hmm. That's definitely not fair, right? Like. This is not the age any of us can. Any of us thought it's like okay, you just, you, you can't play games like you used to anymore. Getting <laughs> old. It's like, yeah. This is not. This is God. Yeah. Like a Fifty, not even fifty, like sixty, seventy, or something. It's like, oh, 
arthritis in the hands. But god damn. Yeah, Art- carpal tunnel. Yeah, well, I, already, I already know my hands are pretty much screwed because I've been programming for like over 10 years and my hands are just... They like shake a little bit sometimes. <laughs> it's bad. My hands and they yeah. hurt. I have to wear yeah, that like, little um that hand like Tom Hanks and Private Ryan. Yeah, I need yeah. to wear that um yeah. that little strap hand band. I forgot what it's called, but you know yeah. the thing you, that you like tell like the Velcro on it and you strap it into your hand. <laughs> it's straight little brace thing. The, yeah, that's a hot look on you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to wear that because my hand hurts. Bringing it back. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> Yeah, I get some cramps on occasion. It's not that bad, though. I haven't been gaming as much as I used to on account of like my TV breaking, effectively making my PS3 useless. But uh, yeah, even I'm kind of feeling it. Yeah, it's Mike. Do you use a tablet or do you just use the mouse? Like, how do you? Uh, I use a mouse. Use a mouse. Okay. Yeah. Cause... Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't get much worse for you because that shit hurts if it gets really bad. Yeah, it hurts a lot. Yeah, I was just like it's sore. Like my hands, my arms are sore right now. Mm. Uh, part of it's just work. My whole body's sore, but like it's it's not it's not. I don't like it. It's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not. No, mm. it's okay. We're too young for this, guys. We we can't. Yeah, it's not our time yet. It's just a little, yeah, it's not and time maybe, for that. <laughs> maybe like you know, I've been playing Tekken for so long. I'm just like, I'm really paying attention to what my hands are doing when I'm playing now. Like skate, it's like I'm moving my thumbs around a lot. It's like, oh, you know, we've got to be a little more gentle. Yeah, and like mm. Tekken, it's like I. <laughs> I've been a, a controller guy for so long with with Tekken, you know, doing that fucking crab claw <laughs> to, to do yep, the, yep. the two buttons and holding it all fucking weird. Uh huh. It, it's like I'm thinking like it may actually be a necessity to buy an arcade stick at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was talking with you about that. How it like uh, eases some things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to get one with like one of those little uh, gel things. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if they yeah. if they make that, but they should. They have should have a gel little pad for your wrist on there, like they do with mouse yeah. pads. Mm. Well, it's it's pretty neat that you found some people at work that you might be able to like play some matches against. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's like. Um, both both one of the reasons why I like being a fighting game guy and one of the reasons it makes me sad when I'm away from people is I don't really have people to play with. The personal rivalry is always infinitely more fun than just stuff online. Is there anyone yeah, at, yeah. at work, uh, Lionel, for you that, I mean, better? I don't know fighting any games? fighting game players. I don't know what it is, but it's like the only people I end up meeting are like uh, more about either... Like their their multiplayer experience of choice is like MMOs, or they're just kind of like PC single player type mm. people. So it's like I can talk with them about games, but it's like we never really play the same ones. Ah, uh, I see. They wonder about how the fuck Daigo and like Justin and Wong keep their hands healthy. Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, really. You know, I keep talking about skateboarding, but it's like. That's really something that people sort of 
start to really take it easy <laughs> after around like 32 a lot of people some people keep it going for like a long time but a lot of people just get hurt or they can't do it but it's like it's like it's a and it's funny because they came to rise at the same time so like same thing with like fighting game players it's like where's the cutoff <laughs> mm-hmm. huh, man fatality i mean i know he's still doing it he's been doing he ain't it. shit <laughs> that's true all the coordination with the, with the mouse I'm sorry that's mean. i need to stop doing that he ain't oh. done nothing to me personally <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of also doubt that at least i know i haven't like bothered to look him up recently mm. i have no idea what he's doing Mm-hmm. I think he the last big stuff he was doing was with Unreal Tournament, but I don't even know if that's still really even a thing anymore. Uh, I don't know. I know he's moved on to other first-person shooters and other stuff, So, I, he, but he's still actively doing it. Uh, oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, game-wise, what have I been playing? Uh, oh, yeah, so... Square Square Enix's latest game, Kingdom Hearts game, that just came out on mobile. It's called Kingdom Hearts Unchained. It's a free-to-play game. Oh, it made me sad. It made me sad because it looks like a Kingdom Hearts game. It sounds like a Kingdom Hearts game. It plays like a Kingdom Hearts game, but it just doesn't feel like it. It's just not... It, maybe because it's been... This is not even gonna be a word. Mobilefied? I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what to say it. But it's like just... there wasn't there wasn't an effort made to transfer it over to the mobile in the way that still feels like Kingdom Hearts. It was just kind of like slap some mechanics together, get the assets in there, we're good. Yeah, it's they're using the whole thing where okay, so basically all plays out is you're dumped back into the world and you basically have to kill off all of the the heartless. And in each of the Disney worlds, just like the, normal, the game normally plays out. But it seems to be really yeah. lacking a core story because basically mm. as you progress through the game, it's you go on a quest, you kill some Heartless, and then someone says a quick blurb of dialogue, move on to the next one. And then yeah. your health can go down slowly. And if your health get, gives out completely, then you can purchase a refill. And then, you know, uh, and then you can also, you know, then you can buy more power-ups and... It's the typical mobile uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, that just that just reeks and oozes of cash grab. That's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's a damn that's, shame. That's terrible because like even even though Kingdom Hearts kind of like spread out all over the place and it did make things kind of weird and convoluted, like hard to follow. When it's like, oh, okay, you're playing Kingdom Hearts too, but you're missing all the story from the uh, GBA game. Right. At least there was efforts made to make those games good. We'll see. They're doing it again with this. This is a supposedly a prequel to the upcoming third one. Uh, so it there's going to be information in there story wise that I, I guess you know you, it's going to make the experience that much better when three finally comes out. But so far. It's been super repetitive. You just keep moving to area to area, yeah. tapping the screen and killing heartless and nobodies, and that's that's about. Yeah, I mean they like. I mean, I mean, I like the last one I played was that that one on the DS. It was like memories or three hundred, three hundred yeah. over something days. Yeah, yeah, that thing over was, two days. Um, not, I didn't enjoy that. They 
there wasn't a lot in there, and they tried to stretch it out over the little number of days in that title, which was a bad idea because no matter how like dedicated you are to finishing it, you will kind of peter out. Um, but at least there's some point of interest there in, okay, here's this other Keyblade user, and we don't know why Roxas has two Keyblades, but there's something, you know, there's a point of interest there. They have the basic mechanics, and there was that level of customization in it that made it kind of fun to play. Yeah, It's just the way they packed it out was bad. But, you know, again, good stuff there. There was an honest effort there. Them phoning it in here, from what you're telling me, that sounds like what they did. is just the worst thing yeah. they could have done. I'm going to... Ch- I mean, it's been actually hard for me to want to keep pushing through this, but I do like Kingdom Hearts, and I do like their story, even though it's pretty convoluted. I do find it it's interesting. It's convoluted, but it's like, it, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's that, like, it, well, it hits that, that sort of in-between niche of gamer and weeaboo that, you know, speaks to me and you. And yeah. A handful so yeah i don't know it's i'll give it a few more plays to try and push through it to see if it's going to be enjoyable <laughs> but if not i'm just i'm, I'm uninstall it. and the damn thing it requires one gigabyte of space on my phone oh one fuck gigabyte that. of space and it's just like i was like yeah it's not worth it i mean I, a yeah bag of dicks seriously gigabyte. yeah i've never i've not I mean, had a game like, that's got that much space they better recreate um, what was they better recreate the sort of majesty that was the deep dive video at the end of Kingdom Hearts <laughs> One? Like until you can do that, or even even the Birth by Sleep thing. And was it co- what was was it called Birth by Sleep? Yeah. The uh, secret trailer or two? Yep, that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, but like uh, like you know the way those just kind of set the Kingdom Hearts fans' hearts on like a blaze. Like until they can do that again, I'm I'm not I'm not fucking with them. Yeah, no, it's this was. I'm just gonna wait for three at this point. I'm I don't want to play any more of these side stuff. Just just give me the game, the actual game. Um, yeah. Um. Then the other game uh, I've been playing is Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, that looks so good. It is. It's really cool. The art style is really nice. The I have no idea what's going on story wise because the That's game. Like a, it looks like uh, confirm this for me. Is that basically like? I mean, it's isometric, but is that basically like a two D character action game? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, it um it reminded me a lot of that um remember the the game that uh that I played a long time ago with the whole light system with the vampires. What was that game called? Oh, Bodak. Uh, oh, Boktai. Oh, oh, Boktai. Yeah, it reminds me of um. That's it's got that style and it's got that, that art feel. style. Yeah, that art style, the feel of it, but the music. It's kind of like anyway. It's a it's a good game. It's very very hard. And I'm not mm-hmm. very clear on what the story is because the story is kind of being presented to you in a very uh, not verbal. It's not in a verbal way. Like they do it using pictures. Yeah, there's like you're like uh, it's like pictures, and you're basically having to like translate text of like some sort of yeah. other language, some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun though. I actually want to explore that world a bit more and see what it's about and what's going on. I mean, apparently there's some like big giants that have died, or I don't know what's going on. But it's um, the game. It's really fun though. It's very hard, but I'm enjoying it. What's it for? Uh, PC. Steam. I'm playing it yeah. on my my Mac. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, it's twenty bucks. He's I gonna think. get it. <laughs> oh, get it. 
Do All you right. know who's gonna give it to him? Oh, uh, who's it gonna X be? X gonna give X. Mm. X gonna give it to me. Yeah, X gonna give it to you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see rigmarole, rigmarole stuff. Rigmarole, rigmarole. Mike, where can they find your show? Up my ass. Ooh. Yeah, well, it's it's also where we fuck the dwarves. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yep. Uh, you find my show. It's called Hyper Nineties Like Gus Breakdown. Uh, we talk about some shit. It's uh, I'm on Twitter Hyper Nineties at Hyper Nineties. Uh, I, I think uh, the episode that's up now is uh, oh. I talked to my mother mm-hmm. about uh, the bad things that happened in the 90s, and and you guys too. So if you feel like reliving uh, the Lorraine Bobbitt case, mm-hmm. uh, you can go ahead and listen to that. It's a good episode. Very good stuff. Uh, Lionel, where can they find your stuff? Uh, I do a, a podcast about weird anime stuff from Japan. Chinese cartoons mostly called the old Taku connection with these two SOBs. Uh, currently what should be up is part two of our three part special on death parade. Yeah. Which is an amazing anime that you should check out. Even if you don't like anime, mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it. Um, if you want to listen to that, um, obviously I'm on our website on our SoundCloud and you can find me on the Facebooks all the hey listen radio stuff and uh if you want to happen to want to talk to me directly you can uh find me on twitter at old taku connect and if you if you don't want any of our bullshit on twitter you can just follow the hey listen radio twitter for Mm. updates on all the shows yeah speaking of shows (laughs) and uh for for this podcast, for this yeah, for this podcast, Jesus, for this podcast, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NAGP Returns, where I talk about video game stuff and other random things that I find related to geek culture. Um, all right, you can also watch us yell at each other via Twitter. Yes, we need to do more of that. Uh, let's finish this. <laughs> let's finish this off. Final thoughts. Bad boy. Bad yeah, I was, boy. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fucking 90s all right okay uh lionel any final thoughts uh final thoughts um looks like square's trying to get their shit together and that's that's great yeah um konami is not and that's not great but uh fuck them yeah pretty much them and the horse they rode in on um (laughs) it was kojima oh <laughs> but he's doing better now. Yeah. Uh, seems like games have uh, are playing a small part in some groundbreaking shit, which is always good. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, uh, I don't think I got much else other mm-hmm. than you know, celebrate yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. How about you, Mike? Multiple, multiple times a day. Oh. Hey, Joe. Mm. Joe, where's the weirdest place you've ever taken a shit at? Oh my God! I think it was. Well, we've the- already gone over this, right? I think it was. I think it was. It just your pants. 
No. Actually, well, I pissed my pants at school on the playground. That was not fun. Uh, it was raining, too. Uh, oh, then yeah, everything was cool, right? You say it's the rain. Yeah. But then you have to explain the smell. Yeah, that, that in mm. the classroom is where things really... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I took a shit in the woods one time. I don't, I don't oh, remember really? when exactly. What the fuck were you doing like, in the woods? I feel I, like that needs to be the, the, the punchline to something. Well, I had, Does Joe shit in the woods? <laughs> I, well, I had to go. And I, where I used to live, I'm, I was back, you know, I was in kind of like a, there was lots of woods and foresty stuff everywhere. So, and I was just exploring by myself and I had to go, man. The, the nearest place was like an hour away. So I just said, fuck it. I went behind a bush. Took a squat, did my thing. Nature literally you? called. Probably around eh, maybe like 10, 10, 12 ish. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Some good times, man. Back when he was a wild kid. Yeah. I was mm. shitting everywhere. You're a wild man. I was. I was a wild man. You're a real boy. wild man. I was a wild boy back then. I did some crazy things. There you go. Mm hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy who told me that he went shat in a sink. Oh God! <laughs> like, like he just he just really had to go, and he, it was a public bathroom, and all the stalls were filled, so he just fucking pulled his shit down, shat in the sink, and then got the fuck out. <laughs> I, you know, I heard a story about like a kid in this high school I went to, this really crappy high school I went to. Where like all the stalls were full, so he just like went to the corner of the room and dropped a deuce right on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking badass. <laughs> That's, That's fucking so tight. Oh man. <laughs> Where did you hear this story? Um uh, from someone I went to school with. That's bold. I don't know if it was like, because I want to say there was an instance where I was like in the bath. I was using like the, like, it was the urinal, and I heard some kid basically like announce that he was going to do it. I don't know if this is <laughs> the same instance. <laughs> attention, attention, here he is. Yeah, it was more like, man, if somebody don't come out this door, I'm, I'm about to just shit on the floor. And then I heard him <laughs> snip. Ooh, that kid's my hero. Mm-hmm.